0: Hello everyone and welcome to the CircuitPython Weekly for August 26th, 2019. Uh, This is the time of the week where we get together to sync up on everything Python and CircuitPython related. Uh, This meeting is held every Monday, typically, at 2 p.m. Eastern, 11 a.m. Pacific time. If ever that changes, we post it to the CircuitPython Discord channel. We are on Discord. Uh, We're there all week. So if you wanna join Discord uh, to come and hang out with us uh, both during the week or during this meeting, go to adafru.it slash discord. And that will get you the invite and you can join us there. Um, This meeting is recorded. So we record both the audio and the Discord chat, so that will be up on YouTube later today and is available for watching later. We also have this available on podcasts, so if uh, you are more into listening to podcasts, this is available. If it is not available on your favorite podcast service, please let us know and we will see what we can do. Um, So, CircuitPython is uh, an open source version of Python that runs on microcontrollers. It development is sponsored by Adafruit, so please support them by purchasing hardware from adafruit.com. Um, this meeting is held in five parts. First, we have community news, where we talk about uh, everything going on in the community with CircuitPython and Python on hardware. Next, we talk about the state of CircuitPython and the libraries. This is a statistical overview. Of the project as a whole and then we take a look at the core and then we look at the library separately and uh, that is a numbers look at everything going on with that. Next up is Hug Reports. Hug Reports is a chance to call people out for doing something good. Um, It is held as a round-robin where I will start, as an example, and then we will go down the list alphabetically and everyone will have an opportunity to chat. Um, If uh, you are text only, let us know and we will read it off. If you are lurking, let us know and we will skip you. And if you are missing the meeting and you would like to participate still, you can always put your notes into a notes document that we provide and we will read it off during the meeting. Um, The notes document is posted to GitHub and is also linked with the YouTube videos. So if you're more into reading than you are watching videos, you can check it out. And then if you want to scrub to a certain spot to actually listen to that part of the meeting, you can listen to what's important to you. The next section is status updates. This is a chance for everyone to let us know what they've been doing over the last week since the last meeting, and what they're going to be doing over the next week until the next meeting. Uh, So, take a couple minutes, talk about what's going on, and this is also held as a round robin. Same order, I will start, and then we head down the list and loop back around. And the final section is called In the Weeds where we get into more long-form discussions. Uh, We already have one topic in there. If you do have a topic that you think is more a long-form discussion, um, please let us know in the CircuitPython text channel or add it into the notes um, so that we're not waiting around to uh, see what people want to talk about. We've already got that available to talk through. And those are the five parts. So with that um i am going to take a time code and we are going to get started with community news and for that i will turn it over to phil
1: okie dokie well i had a question for you katney before i get started Mm -hmm. monday i believe is labor day coming up yeah Um, what do we all want to do i
0: think we're we're going to move the meeting to tuesday
1: okay all right
2: that's so great.
0: we will post about that in the chat um, later today, and it will be in the notes. Um, and we will be sure to let people know next weekend uh, that the meeting's been moved to Tuesday.
1: Sounds good. OK, for community notes and news, um, if you are near a micro center, good news, um, they've gone Circuit Python crazy. So um, the store locator, and then their outbound newsletter that they just did, and then some of their things um, for Promotions for boards is a Circuit Python board. So in the U.S., this is pretty handy for people who want to pick up a board really fast. And if they're in the same uh, geography as a micro center, they can now pick up specifically specific Circuit Python boards. There's a section and more, and also on the website. Okay, um, Scott was on the testing code, Python testing and development, episode eighty-four. So listen in on that. It's in the news. Um, also, oh, this is good. Deshi Poo's here. Um, just saw this added to the newsletter that'll be going out tomorrow. There is a CircuitPython workshop at Flick the World, and PewPew Pew is going to be taught there. So I put a link to the wiki there, and then that also um, there'll be a link and a blog post on our site. So if you're around, I think this upcoming weekend, check it out next up circuit python's next way to hackspace magazine <clears throat> there's a couple good articles in hackspace magazine it's free download pdf uh, there is uh, mostly displays in this one and then um, coming up in the next one if all things work out you'll see some cool new circuit python hardware in hackspace magazine two more things um, first up i think i mentioned this last week but if i didn't or if it's worth mentioning again, we're putting um, circuitpython.org stickers in every order until we run out. Um, this is part of CircuitPython Day, which then turned into CircuitPython Week, which is also CircuitPython Month. So for pretty much all of August, we'll have that. And then uh, last up in the news, uh, we'll probably see many of you in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania next year. That's where PyCon is. After two years in Ohio, they're going to move it to Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. So that's really close uh, to us, at least at least closer than a flight, I think, Um and I might go to this one. And with that is community news. Thanks, Phil. Bye-bye.
0: All right. Next up is the state of CircuitPython and the libraries. This is a statistical overview of the project in terms of pull requests merged uh, and issues opened and closed and just uh, general info about what is going on with CircuitPython and what is going on with the libraries. And the first thing we'll talk about is the project overall. And uh, overall, we had 52 pull requests merged, which is very high, but I definitely know why that is the case. Um, We had 11 authors. Uh, I want to call out a couple names that I haven't seen before. Fiona Wim, M.S. Costi, and Aaron Avril. Thank you so much for joining us, um, and thanks to everybody else who has also been um, who's also been uh, putting in PRs and helping out. We had eight reviewers, which is also excellent, um, and then we had twenty-one issues closed by nine people and eight opened by seven people. So that's good because that means we are net pretty far down, um, which we haven't been in a bit. Um, Overall, we are doing well. We had a sweep of PRs to make a basic change to the libraries, and those are almost completed. And once that's done, um, we can move on to the next major change. And uh, we are heading towards a 5.0 release um, for CircuitPython. But there are a couple things that need to happen first. So once those are done, look forward to a 5.0 beta. Um, And if you want to check it out now, you can always check out the master branch, um, which is where 5.0 will be pulled from. Um, If you do any testing, run into any bugs, please let us know um, so that we can take a look at those. And with that, I will turn it over to Scott to talk about the core.
3: All right. Thank you, Katni. Uh For the core, we had one pull request merged from Mysels, and I did the review on that. That's um, a little low, but we've got lots in the pipeline. We have 11 open pull requests, um, and I hope to take a look at those today. So uh, thanks to everybody for those. Uh, we Issues-wise, we had nine closed issues by four people and one opened by one person. Uh, so we're pretty... Far down net wise as well for 176 open issues. There's a link in the notes to what those issues are. Uh, I went through and uh, got rid of our 4x uh, milestones. Although maybe maybe bug wise we're not quite past there. But uh, so we have six active milestones. We have 5.0, 5x0, which is for features, and then the 5xx for bug fixes. Um, we've got nine on 5.0, and we've got ten open on the 5x. And I also added a 6.0 uh, issue tracker, which I'm, or milestone, which I'm using for uh, like API changes that we're working on making that we will, like we added the new API in five, but we need to remove the old API in six. So that's what uh, the 6.0 thing is for. Um, and then we have seven issues not assigned to milestone, So the, uh, we should go in and be better about that as well. Uh, download stats-wise, again, we don't have an unstable release currently. We just have 4.1.0 as our stable release. And it's now at 3,722 downloads, um, which I think is up you know, about a 1,000, if I remember right. And uh, we have download stats as well in the notes, but I will not go over that here. So hand it back to Katni.
0: All right. Thanks, Scott. Mm-hmm. So next up is the libraries, and here is where all those pull requests were. We had 51 pull requests merged by 10 authors. Um, again, Fiona Wim, uh, MCo- Ms. Costi, and Aaron Averill, thank you for your contributions. Um, and we had eight reviewers, uh, so thank you to everybody involved with that. We have uh, 49 open pull requests right now. and. This is something that we are going to be working on um, because we're definitely, some of these are slipping and um, I will be taking care of at least five of them today, um, which are still from the changes that were made, but um, this is uh, something I'll talk about in my status update. So we had 12 issues closed by seven people and seven open by seven people. So we are net down, which is excellent. For 130 open issues, there is a link to circuitpython.org slash libraries slash contributing in the notes, which uh, will get you to um, a weekly updated list of PRs and issues. Um, and for um, libraries this week, we had many new and many updated libraries. Um, normally this is a very short list and I read it off. I am absolutely not reading it this week. If you want to see everything that we've updated and um, added this week, please check the notes doc or check um, circuitpython.org libraries, uh, which is updated weekly and can give you an idea of what's going on there and that is the state of CircuitPython and the libraries. So next up is Hug Reports. Hug Reports is a chance to call out people for doing something good, which there is not enough of, so we put some effort into making sure that it's something we do. Um, we, uh, we, We will do this in a round robin, where I will start, as an example, and then we will go down the list. Everyone has an opportunity to um, speak or to uh, have their notes read off. Um, If you're lurking, you uh, may or may not have already let us know. Um, And we will skip over you. If you are text only, please let us know and we will read it off. Um, So it's if you don't have a microphone. And if you Uh, want to um, speak then we will uh, check in with you as we get to you alphabetically. So uh, let's see first off I will get started. Ah okay good to know. Um, I'll get started. Uh, So first and foremost huge hugs to uh, Carter and Jerry for jamming through library PRs, Uh, I had got started with them and by the time I came back to them uh, most of them were done. So that was amazing. Uh, Scott put in a change to a lot of the libraries, almost half, and um, we needed to actually test all the PRs and Jerry and Carter jammed through most of it and that was amazing and greatly appreciated. So thank you very much for that. I want to thank Sedacious for tons of help designing a new breakout. Um, It's not something I do often enough to really have retained it yet. So I'm still needing uh, a lot of help with that. And um, he walked me through the last board that I did. So thank you very much for that. And uh, I wanna give a hug report to Jeff Epler for picking up all kinds of issues and getting so much work done. I'm seeing you all over PRs and so on. And uh, thank you so much for picking all that up. And I believe next up is King or North.
4: Hmm. Hello there. Yeah, I have a hug report for uh, sedacious for some work that he did answering a question in the form for someone else on the PI ruler, which actually worked out really well for the Mac code that required. And, uh, by doing that, I was able to make some changes and then had to reduce some space because of trinkets, but that's beside the point. And uh, just a general hug to everybody else uh, who's been reviewing everything and working on uh, all of the new uh, features because uh, it comes in quite helpful when I need to look something up. I can usually find information about it and you people are on top of it. Great. Thank you.
0: All right. All right. Thanks very much. Um, Next up is Maker Melissa. Hello,
2: sorry, having trouble finding my cursor. Uh, I just wanted to give a group hug to everyone. All
0: right, thanks. Uh, Mike is lurking, so next up is Sedacious.
5: Howdy, Eddie. So uh, I've got a few this week. First off, I want to give a huge, huge hug uh, report to MS Costi. Um, he reached out to me over the weekend um, because he wanted feedback on. So guidance he was giving another contributor. Um, he did an amazing job, but he was still checking in. Um, the said contributor is next to my head reports. But um, he did an excellent job of supporting another member of the community. And this is exactly what we want to see everyone do. Not everyone can do it. Not everyone has the time. But he did make the time to do it. So that definitely needs to be called out. So thanks to Emma Scossi, uh for helping out another contributor and yourself being an amazing contributor. Um, Next up, uh, I have a HR for my Technic Talent. I think he goes by, uh, that's his handle. I think his name is Kevin, um, for submitting said PR. He is the guy that, um, or person that worked with uh, MS Kossi to get a new PR in. I think it was his first for CircuitPython. Um, excellent job. Great for sticking through the process of uh, figuring out what needed to be done for the PR with uh, MS Kossi and then, you know, persevering and actually getting something submitted and being amazing through the PR process and taking lots of feedback. It's, it's really great to see. want to see more of that. Um, next up, uh, to uh, Mike B, Katni, uh, PT, and Lady Ada for helping me get um, my first two blog posts submitted. Um, lots of little tidbits and helps and pointers and tricks from all of those guys, and I really appreciate it. Uh, Another one for uh, Maker Melissa for giving me some pointers on some display I.O. stuff. And another to Scott for uh, additional help with uh, NRF uh, display I.O. support. And that's it for me.
0: All right. Excellent. Next up is Summersoft, who is text only, so I will read it off. Uh, hug Report to Scott, Jerry, Carter, and Catney, and anyone else I didn't catch in the email procession for helping update libraries to handle the removal of the i squared c stop keyword argument. And to Dan and Scott for Mixer PR reviews.
6: And then next up is Tammy Makes Things. And I'm actually here with voice today. For Excellent. Exchange, so Welcome. that's awesome. So thank you. Um, so I want to give group hugs to everybody and an especially a hug to Katni, because your Pi Ohio talk inspired me to take on some things I want to do, even though I don't totally feel ready to actually do them. And one of those I'll talk about in my status update. Excellent. Glad you
0: could be here. All right. And next up is Scott.
6: Hello.
3: Uh, First and foremost, thank you to Dan H. and Shipu for doing uh, PR reviews for me. I really appreciate that. Um, As a couple of folks have already alluded to, uh, Katni, Jerry, and Carter, thank you so much for uh, basically letting me hand off a bunch of those small library uh, edits that I did to get rid of the stop keyword arg. Uh, That's been super helpful to know that it's in good hands, so I really appreciate that. Uh, it's also great to see that it's not just on Katney's plate as we were. I was kind of thinking originally. So thanks to Jerry and Carter for for stepping up and helping with that, and Katney for really reaching out and asking for help. Um, you all do an awesome job. Um, thanks to Lady Ada, who uh, kind of I was on a like issue closing tear, and she jumped in and helped find some more issues that we could close. So that's uh, part of the reason we're net down, which has been great. Um thank you to Lucien, uh, Hirofect, uh for meeting up for breakfast last week. And we we had some good biscuits and gravy and chatted about all things CircuitPython. Uh, excited to see the STM32 port make more progress. So thanks to Lucian for that. Um, shout out to Chris Patterson, who must be at GitHub because uh, he's been asking or answering a bunch of my questions about the GitHub Actions stuff that they just released. Um, so I've gotten in the bad habit, potentially bad habit of like just mentioning him on Twitter and getting responses from him. So that's been really handy. Uh, so thanks to Chris for that. And then uh, lastly, I think I may have hug report this uh, previously already, but I'll do it again. Um, Brian Aachen, who does the testing code podcast, um had me on. We recorded a few weeks ago, but it's out uh, as of last week. Um so thanks to thanks to Brian for having me on and uh, excited to. I've started to get uh, some messages from people who have been listening to that. So I uh, really appreciate the support from Brian. So uh, check it out. It's a 30-something-odd-minute podcast. So it's pretty, pretty quick, and uh, let me know what you think. And uh, that's it for me.
0: All right. Thanks, Scott. Next mm-hmm. up is Brent.
7: Just a group hug this week.
0: All right. Excellent. We love group hugs. Next up is C. Grover, who is text-only.
4: I found a microphone.
0: Who found a microphone?
4: Uh, (laughs) Anyway, group hug to the team and community. And I want to give special thanks to Sedacious for some help with the digital potentiometer driver that I needed to make, and for some exceptional circuit Python register tutoring that he did.
0: All right. Thank you. Next up is Dan.
8: Hello. Um, so I have a bunch of uh, PR stuff. I had to fix a bug in in uh, CircuitPython for the new CircuitPlay program Blue Fruit. and it turns out that B Misels had actually found that bug. I completely reinvented the wheel, and then, uh, but thank I'd like to thank them for uh, doing the PR before which I should have read it in advance. Uh, thanks to TAC who's on the um, Adafruit team for helping me with BLE. Um, Thanks to Scott for this huge uh, ePaper support uh, pull request and also for taking the time to go through and revising all the I2C calls in the libraries, which was kind of a massive job. Thanks to Jerry for testing, for being the continuous testing engine again for BLE. Um, Thanks to Summersoft for the work they're doing on Mixer. And thanks to Jeff Epler for uh, implementing PDM in, in in NRF, which is what we need to make the circuit playground be kind of feature complete and also for his other PRs. Thanks very much. Okay.
0: All right, um, so uh, Dave Bruchetti putting notes in. Do you want me to read those off? I am going to go ahead and read those off after taking a time code. Uh, De Perchetti gives a hug report to Lady Ada for being an excellent role model for the boys and girls in my classes. Oh, excellent. All right, next up is Deshipu, who is text only and gives a group hug. And next up is Jay Epler.
9: Oh, that's me. Um, well, I want to give a group hug times 100 to everybody because um, I just received a little uh, good news and I'm overwhelmed by it. Um, and maybe I'll be able to tell you more about that in a week or so. But uh, yeah, it's a good day.
0: Thanks, everybody. You're welcome. Thank you. All right. Next up is Jerry.
10: Yeah, uh, thanks to Scott for um, cranking out all those library updates for the I, I squared C and, and Katney to you for uh putting out a, an easy to follow uh, request for help. So it was really, really easy to jump in and, and do do some of those, glad to help. And uh, just a group hug to everybody because there's there's so much coming out, so many new libraries and guides and things to play with and try and break that it's it's hard to keep up with them all.
0: All right, excellent. And that is hug reports. So next up is status updates. Status updates is a chance to Uh, sync up on what everyone's doing. Um, That's actually how this meeting started, was a chance for the core devs to um, sort of sync up and and figure out what was going on for the week and what had happened over the last week. And it moved um, amazingly into this massive community meeting, uh, which is excellent. So uh, what you'll do here is take a couple minutes, talk about what you've done over the past week, talk about what you're going to do over the next week and I will do this again in a round robin in the exact same format where I will start and then we'll move down the list and um, loop back around so I will start and last week uh, I finished um, a, a CircuitPython redo of the MicroPython OLED watch guide it will not be re-released until 5.0 is released uh, because it needs 5.0 and the five um, a 5.0 bundle um, only for the purpose of keeping things not being confusing for people downloading because we instruct people to download the bundle that matches the release. And what we don't want to do is link hard link to a latest build because that uh, immediately turns into a mess. So we want to have uh, a release out and since it requires display IO support for OLEDs, which is in 5.0, we will be waiting um, until that is released. So that's queued up, but um, waiting on that. I finished a guide on how to use PyLint. It is uh, based on expecting that uh, you are doing um, a code example, for example, for a guide. Um, So it it uses our uh, PyLint RC that we have on our learn system uh, repository, and explains in general how to install PyLint, the version that we're using, how to get it going, and how to read the output, and then explains uh, in detail a couple of examples of errors, and then links to the massive list of errors that you could potentially experience um, so you know where to find resources on how to figure that out. Um, should come in handy. I know uh, it can be really annoying submitting your code and waiting for Travis to fail on PyLint and then doing that over and over for a long time. So the idea is to get you set up running it locally so you can do all of that on your own and then by the time you submit the code it's all set to go. And then it in on the stop keyword argument PRs, um, and that's where I got to last week. So this week I need to finish the last of the stop keyword PRs. I believe there are five left, one with changes requested and five more that need to be tested. Um, Then I have uh, three new product guides that I will be starting. Um, One of the guides already exists but doesn't have CircuitPython code in it. The next one uh, doesn't exist and doesn't have Circuit Python code, so that one will be starting the basics of it, and then um, Lamora will be picking that up after I get through with that part. And the last one is the Circuit Playground Bluefruit, which will be massive um, because uh, it it will be exactly like the Circuit Playground Express guide. However, um, it's enough of a different product, obviously, that most of what's in there will be new and fresh and fun with new photos and so on and so forth. So that one is going to be um, definitely uh, a lot of work. Other than that, I have some miscellany to deal with. Um, This is sort of out of order because it's the most important thing I need to do is sort out the library issues and PRs thing. Um, We want to make some changes to Adabot to provide some better information on outstanding issues and PRs uh, so we can better manage them because currently we're really not managing them at all, Um, which is why we have so many open PRs and um, the outstanding issues may not be so much of an issue but the outstanding PRs uh, definitely is. So um, that is uh, something I need to work on this week for sure. Otherwise some general things are that we're going to remove support for the 2x and 3x bundles uh, which also means removing 3x backwards compatibility from libs. If anybody's interested in what is probably a fairly simple pull request, um, who would like to get started contributing, let me know. That's um, I can think of at least one that will actually be uh, fairly simple and easy to explain and um, something that you would be able to do if you want to contribute. Um, I'm going to file an issue on the bundle for this. and. Um, we are going to hard link to um, the uh, a final build for each of them um, in a guide. So there's a place to point people to when they say, oh, I still want to use 2x for whatever reason, um, then there will still be a bundle that exists, but it will be done as of the next couple weeks. Um, I need to add a note to the Circuit Playground Essentials analog in page about getting pin values. It's not actually mentioned anywhere because the example uses a potentiometer which has a helper function. And in there is where you call pin.value. And so just raw how to get your analog data from a pin is not actually mentioned anywhere in in any of the major guides. And it was brought to my attention. Um, by Dylan, who apparently struggled to find out how to get the joystick values on the Pi Gamer and suggested that I add a note somewhere, and I think that that is uh, a very valid point. So I'm going to be doing that, and then we'll be able to link out to other guides from that section of the analog in guide because putting it in the Pi Gamer guide didn't make much sense since it seems like something that might be useful elsewhere. And then Lastly, the original way that we were tracking the CircuitPython library issues and PRs was through a GitHub issue that is on the CircuitPython repo and I need to deprecate that officially. I thought that I had. Carter brought to my attention that I had not. Um, We are tracking them now via circuitpython.org so I have a place to point people but I need to go and actually do that um, to that issue. And that, is what I will be doing over the course of the next week, and probably longer. You'll probably be hearing very similar updates for the next couple weeks. Um, and with that, uh, King of North has no status update for us today. So next up is Maker Melissa.
2: Can you come back to me? It just sign me out of the document.
0: Uh, yes. Yes, I can.
2: And it'll take me a minute.
0: Um, Next up is Sedacious.
5: Heady, heady. Uh, so last week, what did I do? I uh, finished up uh, some polishing passes on the MSA 301 accelerometer drivers. Um, so that's uh, you know another pair of drivers that's out, ready to go. I also, um, because of that, was able to ship the guide for uh, said sensor. So that's out as well. Um, and uh, let's see, what else did I do? I uh, assembled the TLV493D protos that uh, Katni designed. Uh, got them assembled and gonna be doing some testing and initial or doing a driver development on them this week. Um, in doing so, I had the, um, I'm not going to call it brilliant because whatever, but it's. I, I thought to turn a Pi portal into an I2C scanner because it's the first thing I do whenever I build a new proto is, Scan it for I2C to make sure it uh, shows up and is, you know, willing to talk to uh, stuff. So that was super handy, and I was able to just like one by one, just plug in all the sensors. Probably tested them all for basic functionality within like I don't know, thirty seconds or something. So that was a productivity win. Um, I may make a thing out of it. We'll see. Um, what else did I do? I made some progress on the keypad that I've been designing. Um, Been going back and forth on some design decisions. Decided to just pull the trigger on throwing the kitchen sink into it and just seeing what happens. So hopefully I'll get that shipped this week. Um, One big super fun thing was I I went and toured Pixar with my wife uh, on Friday. Um, She's got a friend from work that was able to, or like a a customer from work that was able to get her in. Um, Pixar is... My wife's a fruit, as it is to me. Like she's wanted to work there forever. She was able to like get in and talk to some fancy people, and she was super happy. The whole tour was amazing. If you can ever go, I I suggest it. Um, as a side note, I got to see some actual Oscars, which is really cool. Um, so this week I'm doing some more CLV testing and um, driver work on that as well. Um, I have a literal pile of Stemma QT protos that I have to work my way through. Um, so stem Qt all day every day we'll we'll be seeing a bunch more of those coming through. Um, as I previously mentioned, I'm gonna finish the A of my keypad. Um, gonna get that running uh, kmK, the keyboard firmware that's um, or runs on circuit Python so that's gonna be fun. Um, also uh, very important work I have to get to. This week is initial brainstorming on my Halloween costume. Um, I came to the conclusion that uh, being a Adafruit employee and not having a super sweet Halloween costume is just an opportunity that's way too good to pass up. So I'm going to put a bunch of effort into that and hopefully get some quarter of the things I think i done by Halloween. Um, and that's it for me.
0: Good luck with that. All right, Melissa, are you ready? Yes. Excellent.
2: Okay, so last week I finished up my guide for a Stream Deck controlled message panel. And then um, I also created my first Fusion 360 design for that message panel project. Um, I worked on setting up TensorFlow Lite on the Raspberry Pi 4, which involved a bunch of research. I tested a couple of form issues, such as some E Ink text not displaying correctly on the user's display, but worked on mine. So um, we're trying to still figure that out. Uh, and I started getting set up for testing the E-Ink uh, pull request for Scott. And I'm actually kind of doing that right now. Um, so this week, I'm going to continue uh, working on the TensorFlow Lite setup uh, and learning about the Cocoa models. Uh, I'm going to start writing. a guide for how to get the TensorFlow Lite set up on Raspberry Pi. I'm going to be uh, testing the e-ink pull request. I'm going to try rewriting display button, CircuitPython library to work like a group to see if we can do that now. And anything else that comes up.
0: All right, sounds good. Thanks. Next up is SummerSoft, who is text only, so I will read that off. Last week, Mixer Voice, address almost all of the review comments, moved Mixer and Mixer Voice to a new Audio Mixer Module to allow more flexibility with builds. This week, looking into making Mixer changes backwards compatible with 4X. All right, and next up is Tammy Makes
6: Things. Thanks, so I'm, I've been saying this a lot, I'm still not super available right now because I'm getting ready in about 11 days to move from California to Phoenix, Um, but I'm looking forward to a lot more space in my schedule for stuff after I move and get settled. So I will be looking at getting a lot more involved, I hope, after that. Um, I am prototyping a script to try and help with automatically updating the firmware and libraries on CircuitPython devices, because I have a whole bunch of them and I'd like a little bit less manual way of doing that. I'm still trying to figure out how I want to do that. So I'm experimenting a little. I got a surface pro three on eBay for not at all, a lot of money and I put Linux on it. So I have a dedicated system for Python and CircuitPython Python now, and I got the all of the compilers and stuff installed so I can build circuit Python on there. So mm-hmm. that's awesome. And, um, at a yet-to-be-determined upcoming date, I am planning on presenting an intro to CircuitPython at the at Desert PY, which is the Phoenix Python user group. And although I do a lot of public speaking on other topics, I don't feel qualified to call myself an expert on CircuitPython, but I'm taking inspiration from Katni, and I'm going to do it anyway.
0: Excellent. Um, feel free to ping me. I have done an intro to CircuitPython talk. um, And when I did it, I would not have called myself an expert either. Um, And I've done a few tutorials. um, So if you want any help with that, uh, I will do what I
6: can. Cool. Thank you. I will be moved and hopefully mostly settled by the week of September fifteenth. So after that, I'll be starting to get going on stuff, I hope.
0: Okay. excellent. All right, and next up is Scott.
3: Hello. Um let's see. I've been kind of on a tear which is good. Uh, I spent some time looking into clang format and clang tidy on Friday. Um for those of you who don't know clang format does all the formatting stuff of like indentation and uh things like that and then clang tidy does like smarter analysis of all your code. Um for things like uh if you have a, an if statement with a single thing in it um adding braces I think is a good policy. Uh, because it makes it easier to edit later on, um, but that's something Clang tidy does. Uh, so I I poked at that, and I think it's something we should do. But at this point, I'm really trying to get myself onto Bluetooth. So uh, for the time being, I'm not going to continue that work. Um, I kind of dug into it enough that like it's more complicated and widespread than than I think I want to spend time on right now. Um, that was related to my uh, GitHub Actions changes, uh, basically moving us off Travis onto GitHub Actions CI, uh, which is going to be amazing because it runs way quicker than it do- than Travis does. It basically does like I think right now like twenty concurrent jobs, um, so that's really going to help us scale uh, up going forwards. Uh, and faster builds, which will be good. It'll also get us off Travis, so we'll unblock all the other stuff that still will run on Travis. Um, so I got up S3 to, S3 uploads working. So like when you when a commit goes in, like it gets pushed up to S3 like it normally does. And uh, also, or the thing that I need to get working still is pushing up all the the release artifacts up to the release itself. So that is the work that I'll be doing today or well this week probably in the next couple days. Um, and I'll use like a 5.0 release to, to test that as well. Um, I have to update the website updating script too, because it's like, oh, this wasn't released. It could, because this like environment variable that Travis sets uh, is not available. <laughs> um, so there's that. Definitely what I'm doing today is, is PR is an email. So I, w- I want to wrap up the stop equals PR, hopefully, and the ePaper PR as well. Um, there's some discussion on the ePaper PR about API, and I think we should just pick something and roll with it. So, um, I'll get back to that on that today. Uh, last night, uh, well, I'm headed to PAX uh, West on Friday here in Seattle. Um hoping to chat with a number of folks. Uh, one person who helped make Celeste, a uh, company who's making like a, a new handheld with a sharp memory display on it. Um, they're going to be there with, with the play dates. So I'm excited to see that. And then a couple other like community stuff that I'm excited to, to meet as well. Uh, kind of funny games and no clips. So uh, I'm going to go hang out with PAX on Friday. I'm going to bring my Game Boys with me and show people off of that. So um, I've been kind of like stuck on the Game Boy stuff because it's like not a super high priority for me. But um, I would like to get it to the point where we can actually start selling it, which would be amazing. Um, and one of the big hurdles was that, like, I had it working on the Game Boy Color, but it wasn't clear why I, like, I couldn't actually set the colors the way that I was supposed to be able to set the colors. Uh, so I was digging into that last night and figured out that I was just, like, it was putting me into backwards compatibility compatibility mode, which was not, not fun. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I got that working. And it's super exciting. I'll probably hack on that uh, this evening as well uh, to get, like, proper colors showing for, like, the Celeste game on there. Um, that's my Friday and evenings this week a bit. And then, uh, lastly is, uh, meeting up with Damien and chatting on Thursday. So, um, that'll be good. That'll that'll be a good catch up for us. And yeah, the next thing, like if I manage to get through all this this week is, uh, really heads down on Bluetooth and making the circuit playground, uh, blue fruit express or Whatever it's called, um, really good experience with CircuitPython. Python. So expect to see some uh, interesting things coming out of that over the next few months. And so I'm excited. I'm excited to work on that. I have them sitting on my desk, and I haven't even opened them. So I I'm uh, definitely ready to move on to some other stuff. So
7: that's where I'm at.
0: Excellent. Thanks. Next up is Brent.
7: Hello. This past week, I built and released a good number of CircuitPython libraries. Um, BinASCII, which does um, conversions between binary and ASCII. Uh, Hashlib, which does secure hashes and message digest. Um, RSA, which handles encryption, which is used by Hashlib. Um, NTP, which is network time. So now you can, if you're using ESP32, which most CircuitPython IoT devices are, Um, You would be able to get the network time natively using the Wi-Fi module instead of pulling in from requests way, way faster, and a uh, JSON web token JWT authentication library. Um, It took a while for most of these libraries to uh, take form because they work with each other. Um, I had to do some small bug fixes to make sure they remain compatible with each other as I kept building them. Um, Small updates to Mini MQTT, which is our MQTT library for stability. I, all of this has actually been just so I could build a Google cloud IOT core module and that module is finished. And I think the final PR is on there and I'm building a project and, uh, a learning guide for it, because it's actually a kind of complicated system to use, um, both in validation and in like just getting yourself online. Um, it's difficult, but it's actually easier with circuit Python than it is with anything else. So I'm redoing the plant monitor project that I did with Azure IoT, but for circuit Python and, but for rather Google core IoT, animating a pump for plants to get watered and hopefully this plant won't die. I'm using a different plant, the other one died because <laughs> it didn't have the thing hooked up to it, not because of the thing. Um, and then I'm doing classes next week, so not Python classes, but I'm resuming my uh, semester next week. So I'm going to be online a bit less in the coming few weeks, but I'll be at these meetings. And that's about it.
0: Excellent. Thanks, Brent. Next up is C. Grover.
4: Well, let's see. Um, I had fun adding a digital potentiometer to my wave generator synthesizer and was able to create some viable ADSR envelopes with it. Um, CircuitPython 4.1.0 was pretty responsive. I added a uh, a custom digital potentiometer driver that uh, was inspired by some of the work that Sedacious did. And uh, it turns out the digital potentiometer worked much better than the AREF um, DAC input approach that I used before that I talked about uh, a couple sessions ago. So I, I ran into some serious playability issues, though, trying to get that synthesizer to respond to a MIDI keyboard. And I first thought it was an I2C or a um, CircuitPython performance issue. It turned out that it was a key uh, press stack that was needed to track simultaneous key depressions that you get from an N-key rollover kind of MIDI controller um, keyboard. So I've, you know, when I first started out this project, I thought, well, I'm just going to be creating a simple single voice synthesizer wave generator, you know. And I thought the key response would be some simple variation of on and off, and I might need to sense key press velocity. But during testing, I quickly learned that, especially me, playing a musical keyboard is kind of a sloppy affair. There are lots of key presses and frequent sliding between notes and fingers left on keys and things like that. So the code needed to be able to sort out that random keyboard traffic if it was going to be more playable. So uh, I worked on that. That was, you know, fast forward about a week and I've got a really playable version of of the synthesizer now. Nice. Still completely written in CircuitPython. It seems to be plenty responsive enough. I had to learn some new Python skills in the process, so it's all good. Let's see, next week, I'll uh, continue with this uh, synthesizer project. I'm going to reintroduce portamento control so it sounds more... um, you know, so it can slide between notes, so I can play a Star Trek theme. Um, I, I want to get expression control working better, and I want to take a stab at real-time pitch bend. Those are all things that are kind of fundamental in a synthesizer. But then I want to take a look, at, a serious in-code look at the Adafruit MIDI library, because it it isn't enabling running status, which is a, a MIDI mode for receiving note-on messages. Mm-hmm. It's a it's a way that the, um, it, you only need two bytes instead of a three byte MIDI message to receive a note on message. And uh, without that, it disabled my favorite Axiom 61 controller. So, you know, I'm very motivated to take a look at that. I'm not very circuit Python proficient at that level, at the Adafruit MIDI library level, but, you know, darn it, I'm going to figure it out. Excellent. I'll right. post a a video of the playability here pretty soon.
0: Okay, thank you. All right, next up is Dan.
8: Hi. So, um, I got two circuit playground blue fruits and uh, tried out BLE on them and found out there was a clocking bug, which took a while to figure out. I fixed that. I mentioned that earlier and hug reports, but now it seems to work fine. And I've already used it as a test board. I was because I have many boards that are running different blue fruit programs, Bluetooth programs that I want to test. I don't want to keep replacing the software that's on them over and over again. So it's convenient to have a lot of the boards. Um, I did a lot of work on BLE, um, HID, like keyboard and mouse. I needed to add support for more features to the underlying bleio native library to make that stuff work and i spent a lot of time debugging that in the past few days um i got it to work on everything but ios i got to work on mac os and android and windows and chromebook but there's something still peculiar about ios so i'm still debugging that and i need to implement a bonding for this because it's convenient, and also it turns out that iOS requires bonding. Right now I have pretend bonding. Bonding is remembering the keys that you exchange with the other per- the other device that you're talking to. So right now I have fake bonding where it doesn't really remember them. So mm-hmm. I have to finish implementing that. So it's it's been heads down in all kinds of stuff, and now I know how to well i look at logs from uh ios and things like that (laughs) but that's something i needed thought i needed to have to learn but now i do that's all right yeah
0: (laughs) all right excellent thank you Uh, next up is dave brachetti who is text only i have started the grades six through eight students at a school where i teach on circuit playground express they love it once they're comfortable with the hardware and its features using make code, I will introduce CircuitPython. Python and in the notes, there is a link to the class web page. Dave P is lurking and Daishipu is next and who is text only, so I will read that off. No progress waiting for PCBs. Daishipu has a picture. And I will assume that will be, but there it is. Excellent. So there is a picture in the chat. All right, next up is Jeff Epler.
9: Hi, my last week felt pretty much like a blur. I did get uh, one CircuitPython thing done. I helped diagnose a problem with variable frequency PWM. And I offered the user a workaround, but not a fix. So I think we need to circle back around uh, and Fix the bug, which is if you keep changing the frequency, it's trying to recalibrate, I think, the actual PWM value, and the PWM value eventually goes down to zero when you change frequency. Um, I just want SummerSoft to know that um, if there is audio mixer stuff, I want to help you if I can. And I'm sorry that I uh, suggested uh, what I did with the intrinsic versus the portable code because uh, Lemoore wants. to use the intrinsics as I understand it now and I said the opposite Uh, I've got a list of four audio related um, issues that I would like to tackle uh, one or more of them this coming week and looking further down the road I think I'm going to do i2s audio on the Um, nrf52s and I swear that I was a reviewer this week but I didn't end up in the statistics so I need to figure out whether I am doing github wrong And then that link I shared in the uh, chat, I guess it didn't show the picture like I hoped. I have whipped together a circuit board that will allow me to hook a um, feather to a Commodore 64 via the user port. And hypothetically, this will let you open your extremely classic dial-up modem program, but connect to CircuitPython from your Archaic Commodore 64. I think that would be a lot of fun, and I'm hoping to get the board manufactured Probably next month, because uh, I have a full life right now.
0: Excellent. Um, Do not assume that it's you doing GitHub wrong. Our script works in a very particular way, and it's distinctly possible that uh, there's a reason with how the script pulls reviewers is why you didn't show up on the list.
9: Okay, I won't sweat it, but I will keep uh, getting out there and trying to do reviews.
0: Yep, please do. Um, I think Scott may be right that it's only on merged PRs, so it... um, We will look into, we've already looked into making sure that um, both authors and um, people involved with PR show up on the PR list uh, so we can actually, um, we can work on changing up the script. So if you could do me a favor, Jeff, and uh, ping me about it after the meeting so that I remember, we will look into that. Okay. Thanks. Um, Next up is Jerry. Uh,
10: Can you hear me okay on this mic? Yep good. Um, so I spent some time uh, helping with the testing and releasing updates for the libraries. That was a lot of fun to dig through all my sensors and try them out. And uh, I, it went really, really smoothly. Um, and then I um, spent a bunch of time just playing with it, some of the BLE stuff. Uh, so I got my, my shiny new uh, Blue circuit playground blue flute. And so far, everything I've tried on it has worked just fine. And um, so I'm trying to port over a bunch of things that I've been doing on with an NRF52 and a and a Cricket, and uh, I've been doing some Bluetooth stuff. I have a little, little rover that I can control that way. And so just I want to switch that this week. I want to switch that over to using the uh, CPB and Cricket, and then also I've been doing a bunch of playing around streaming some of the data from my iPhone. It can stream the uh, accelerometer and uh, gyro and things like that. And I was at one point I was using that to control. Uh, a pan tilt sensor and a, and a little robotic arm. So again, I want to try playing with that through the um, Bluetooth Circuit Plaython, Circuit Playground Bluetooth as well. That's the plans.
0: All right. Excellent. Thank you. Um, and thank you again for all the PRs.
10: Oh, you're welcome. It's fun.
0: Um, and that is status updates. So next up is in the weeds. In the Weeds is an opportunity for more long-form discussions, Um, often it's things that pop up during status updates. Um, If you have anything you want to discuss in the Weeds, please post it to the Discord chat or into the notes document while we are discussing other things so that we're not waiting, and if when we are done discussing no one has mentioned anything, uh, I will assume that we have no more topics and we'll move forward from there. Um, So first off, I wanna turn it over to Dan for uh, the topic posted currently.
8: Hi, so um, Jeff Appler asked um, in Discord a few days ago about uh, what we were planning to do about the CPX library for the new Circuit Playground Bluefruit board. And at first I said, oh, it's just the same and I was thinking about the accelerometer and the neopixels, but then he pointed out that the audio is a little different. So the question is sort of, uh, from my point of view, I would think we want to not have people have to import something different. That most examples should just work out of the box. And so, are there? Are there? This is mostly a question, probably a question for you, Caddy, about that you've had any discussion. Lamore or someone else about about this and how do we make sure that we don't bloat the library the m0 cpx library version so that things don't fit anymore um, but still be able to support what the blue fruit needs do we need two versions of the library maybe we don't because the change is so small that it won't make any difference but uh it's something this is a this we're we're getting more and more things about libraries that we had, need to have multiple versions of that either differ because of version compatibility or because they support multiple boards or something. So that's a question, yeah.
0: Yeah. So I think if we start adding board checks, we're obviously going to start bloating the library and if we start doing that, we're going to run into memory issues because we're already pushing the CPX. Um, Mm -hmm. My other concern slash question is the fact that at the moment you from, you know, Adafruit Circuit Playground underscore Express import CPX, those two things could be confusing because it is not an express board. Um, It is going by the name Circuit Playground Blue Fruit. So I don't know if there's a way to sort of we could do something like we did with, um, I'm trying to think of an example. I'll just explain what I'm talking about because I can't think of an example where it inherits the CPX library, but you import it on its own, um, which would give it its own import stuff, but we wouldn't, like, any updates made to the CPX library would carry over to the CPB library. Um, And on top of that, any changes that um we need to make specific to the CPB would then go in the library that inherits the CPX lib. Um, that's one way to do it. Um, we already are going to be removing backwards compatibility for 3X out of that library, which is going to free up a few bytes and maybe enough to um accom- accommodate board checks. And not act, you know, like it may end up being a wash. Um, but it's not something that we've discussed yet internally um, or externally until now. Um,
4: I
3: think my preference would be to have just a separate library or a separate like class module for it. Like that's why I, that's what I was thinking when I did it as adafruit underscore circuit playground dot express was that we would also have adafruit circuit playground dot blue fruit for example i think Uh that's what i'm getting Uh, at
9: and actually i have that prototyped. i haven't pushed it anywhere yet i haven't tested it but um it factors out almost everything from express and puts it into a module that i called core or something okay and then cpx or excuse me express imports it and then just creates the instance known as cpx and blue fruit imports it subclasses it to fix audio and then creates a cpb object
3: i would i would almost not even bother doing an inheritance thing um because the other thing you have to think about is infrared is not supported on the bill on the blue fruit okay and potentially we'll want to add some super basic blue fruit or like Bluetooth functionality there as well. Um, I'm just picturing like what the read the Docs page looks like.: Right. Um,
9: yeah, that was something that I struggled with because almost everything would appear on this new core page instead of with the device that you're interested in.
3: Right. And like, once the library got settled out, we really didn't change it that much, so I'm not super worried about them going different directions. Um, so I think my bias would just be like, don't bother with the inheritance. Just, just like copy it and then remove the stuff that's irrelevant and um, include the stuff that's still, still relevant. Uh, so, so, do
8: you think the name of the instance in the new library would be CPB, say, for instance?
0: You talking about the singleton? Yeah. yeah. Yes, I would. That's what. That's what I so would it was want. On
8: sort of. Maybe it's not a huge issue, but we have so many examples that could run on either board. And now we have to go back and change them. I mean, we might consider making a new library or kind of making an incompatible change to the library where you just say import CP or something. And then you could say, like, well, which one are you going to import? You might even be able to hide which one you're going to import and have... A a generalized, I mean, I'm just, I'm just, what I'm just thinking is that we have a vast amount of code that people are going to have to edit to be able to use on the new board. Or we have to put in like, comment this out and uncomment this or something. It's just, I'm
0: not a fan of. Yeah.
3: Yeah, I'm, I'm finding like with all this display work I just did for like all the e-paper stuff that Melissa's going through. Like my bias was to actually just have one file per board, right? Like one file per product Put the product URL in the file so that like people can find it, and if there's some duplication, that's fine. <laughs> like, um, I, I, d- I agree with Katni that like having options commented out is not the right solution. So
8: so we have these really so in in the like welcome to Circuit Pi- Playground guide we'd have a instead we'd have a different welcome to CPB guide we d- are going the, to yeah, yeah the blinking everything is different it's like almost the same but not but the cpx gets changed to cpb or something okay so yes what you
3: could do is and in the import line you could say from circuit playground express import cpx as cp and then like and if then it's one line to switch between the two
8: that's a good idea
3: um using like python's ability to rename your import
8: right uh, yeah, I just like there's there's so many shared mirrored pages where we don't really want to have to maintain two versions of the pages. So. Well,
0: except for the part where I was instructed in that guide that those pages are going to have new photos and new everything. Right. So they're uh, not going to okay. be mirrored anyway. It's going to be new. Like the, yeah, cir- the, think... the Circuit Python pages, the welcome to Circuit Python, that sort of thing, all of those will be mirrored. But the Circuit Playground Blue Fruit pages will be unique to the Circuit Playground Blue Fruit okay. anyway.
3: All right. right, and I think that's the right way to do it. I think I I think trying to be too generic can be very confusing for people who are just getting started.
0: And I think um, breaking the API on something that we have made so prolific is probably not a good idea.
3: Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I don't like I don't feel like we need to either. Like, I think the API is fine. So what I would say is just for the examples like Dan's talking about, I would just do it as like put the as CP on there just so people. So it's easier to switch if people do want to. Um, Like, don't put CPP everywhere. Um, But I would still have. So when when you're porting the existing examples to the Circuit Playground Bluefruit, yeah,
0: um,
3: modify them so that you're you're referring it to it as CP everywhere below the import statement. So the, the top line would be from Adafruit underscore circuit from playground dot blue fruit import cpb as cp. And then at least that makes it easy for people later to swap if they want to. Um,
8: so I, I think we can think line. about this. I, I brought this up not necessarily to make a decision, but just to right. kind of okay. raise it. Yeah, I think, and if other people have some contribution to this, that would be, that's why I want to, yeah, but I think that's an interesting idea, but it also makes it more complicated.
3: Yeah, um, it's true. Yeah. It's another, it's another concept that people have to understand. Yeah, and yeah. And I, yeah.
0: yeah, have thoughts on that. So we can, yeah. we can take some time to consider this.
8: Yeah, yeah yeah, so let's just let I mean, I think these are ideas. this is brainstorming, yeah. Uh, and then I had said like the other the other thing here was what kind of simple support might there be for Bluetooth in there? Probably something like uh, working with the blue fruit app mm-hmm. or whatever variation of the blue fruit app there is. Um, there's a circuit playground specific one. so. If people have ideas about that, we'd be welcome to hear them. Like, what do you want to see in a blue fruit? You know, right now, we have a bunch of examples about different kinds of packets and things like that. And it's all a little complicated. Have to think about how to make that as simple as possible.
10: Okay. Are, are there any plans to um, freeze any anything into the blue fruit? no um no so since it's an since it's an uh an nrf it it doesn't need
8: it correct so okay yeah if we really found that some things were really large but that's not the case
10: no Um, i i I think the space is is an issue there um more it was just whether whether it was something that was desirable to make it easier to use but that's probably not not the case
0: um yeah no the the one of the nice things
10: about the you know the uh the CPX is that you you don't need a whole lot of libraries because it's all in there. But um, that's appealing, but probably not, not necessary.
0: <laughs> right. Yeah. It, it does mean we're going, yeah, that we can't just have the entire guide be examples where we don't teach you how to import libraries. Right. Um, we have circuitpython.org slash libraries now, so it's easier to get the bundle. You're not dealing with GitHub. Um, the bundles are explained on circuitpython.org, so it's not confusing as to which bundle do I pick and why. Um, so I, I think that it's just a matter of we are now teaching one more step.
6: Yeah, no, that's fine. How to do that?
10: I'm just curious with the what the what your thoughts were on it. Thanks.
8: Mm-hmm. I mean, we could think about it. Right now, it's really convenient because you can just copy a new uf2 and you get all the software it's just one operation to get the board up and running uh as opposed to like it comes from the factory now we we talked about we have seen some somebody look at right um updating libraries automatically Mm -hmm. Uh, but i mean i think i think i think even someone mentioned in passing about might we have a UF two that contains stuff that is, is able to write into SPI flash or something like that.
3: We're going to need that for yeah. the IMX RT anyway, because <clears throat> code is hosted off off the chip itself.
8: Right, but it has to understand. I mean, you could just write a raw spy flasher could understand oh, uh, fatfs or not so right whole other story yeah okay well these are just things that came up <laughs> i don't expect instant solutions but it's kind of things to think about yeah
7: yep
0: all right and it looks like we don't have okay. any other topics and we are over an hour so i will go ahead and wrap up uh, this has been the Circuit Python Weekly for August twenty sixth, two thousand nineteen. Um, note that next weekend's or next week rather, next week's meeting will be held on Tuesday. Uh, I want to say September third is the day that um, we will have the meeting, as Monday is a holiday. Um, so, we will post about that into the chat and um, remind, uh, try to remind everybody over the weekend uh, that the meeting has been moved. Um, please check us out on YouTube. Um, also, this will be posted to podcasts. Uh, so, check us out there if that's your preferred medium. And remember that we do have the notes document available for you to peruse through if you'd rather read up on it. I want to thank everyone for joining us. And... Hope that everyone has an excellent week, and we will talk to you next week on Tuesday. Thanks, everyone.
6: Thanks, everybody. See you later.